Amen. You can be seated. Amen. What a great looking bunch of folks out there. Have a seat. Good to see everybody here today. Thank you for being at the Life Center with us. Um, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. We live in a day and age where church is kind of like Baskin Robbins. You can get any flavor you want. There's plenty of them, right? So thank you for being here with us today, choosing to worship with us. And uh, I believe that, that you will be, you'll be blessed. And the reason why I believe you'll be blessed is because if you spend time in the presence of God, that's just what happens, right? We're touched. We're encouraged. So uh, before I get into things today, we're happy that the McIntyres are here. Today's their last service with us before they go back on the mission field in Fiji. Every year they're going, and every year this community of believers supports them close to $3,000 this year to go to them. So let's, let's do one thing real quick. If you don't mind, just stretch your hand towards them. They're sitting right over here. God, I thank you so much, Lord, that once called, always called. And, and God, I'm grateful for the McIntyres that they're choosing in this stage of their life to serve overseas in a foreign country, teaching and preaching the gospel of hope to people that maybe would not otherwise hear it. Thank you, God. We pray for protection for them. We pray you would comfort them and be with them while they're away. And God, just we're anxious to hear of great reports of your message being spread across the globe. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give them a hand. Thank you guys for being here and for doing that. Amen. So, so this is the first Sunday in July, and July is a great month because we get to have July 4th in the month of July, and that's a, it may be a day off for you from work, uh, but hopefully it's a little bit more than that. It is the day our nation celebrates its independence, right? And, you know, basically that stemmed from a group of people that were tired of being controlled by a, 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 a government, a structure that did not allow them the freedom that they wanted. And so they left homes and lands and came to a new country to find freedom. And of course, we know we're founded on religious principles, but drill down beyond that. Really, it's people looking for freedom. Not everybody that came over here had some noble cause. Some people came over here because they wanted space and freedom, right? Maybe their freedom was not for something good, but there were people that came also, Puritans, other people, religious people that were looking for a place to be free in what they believed in, and this became the land for that freedom. So they decided to shake off all that, that tyranny, and they wanted to be free and do what they wanted to do. And so we celebrate that cause and that result on this holiday that's coming up in a couple of days. But I just want to read a couple of quotes from men that were very instrumental in separating us from British control at that time. For example, Thomas Paine said this, These are times that try men's souls. That's a pretty powerful statement. Ben Franklin said this, we must all hang together or assuredly we shall hang separately. Right? I love that quote. That's great. And then John Paul Jones says this, I have not yet begun to fight. In other words, what was in his heart, he may have already done some things, but he had not even started on his mission. Patrick Henry said this, give me liberty or give me death. Right? I'm going to do this because I believe in it. Here's my favorite quote of, the, of all of them. Thomas Paine again said this, if there must be trouble... Let it be in my day that my child may have peace. These were men, right? When you stand for the generation that's going to follow you, it means something. We do not live to ourselves alone, but we live for the generations that are following us. And so men like that stood for what they believed, and we get to celebrate the freedom of that and the result of that today. So bear with me real quick. I just want to show you a little three-minute video clip. This is not a political agenda at all. It's about freedom and it's about liberty. Watch the screen with me.
For so many years, we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth. It was because here in this land, we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. The price for this freedom at times has been high, but we have never been unwilling to pay that price. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. Each one of those markers is a monument to the kind of hero I spoke of earlier. Their lives ended in places called Bellow Wood, the Argonne, Omaha Beach, Salerno, and halfway around the world on Guadalcanal, Tarawa, Porkchop Hill, the Chosin Reservoir, and in a hundred rice paddies and jungles of a place called Vietnam. Under one such marker lies a young man, Martin Treptow, who left his job in a small town barber shop in 1917 to go to France with the famed Rainbow Division. There on the Western Front, he was killed trying to carry a message between battalions under heavy artillery fire. We're told that on his body was found a diary. On the flyleaf, under the heading, My Pledge, he had written these words. America must win this war. Therefore, I will work, I will save, I will sacrifice, I will endure. I will fight cheerfully and do my utmost as if the issue of the whole struggle depended on me alone. We must realize that no arsenal or no weapon in the arsenals of the world is so formidable as the will and moral courage of free men and women. It is a weapon our adversaries in today's world do not have. It is a weapon that we as Americans do have. Let that be understood by those who practice terrorism and prey upon their neighbors. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. I, I probably look like a plucked chicken right now. I got goosebumps. Y'all ain't never seen a plucked chicken? <laughs> I'd like all our, our uh, veterans to stand. We got a few of them in the crowd. All our veterans. Man, that's awesome. Give them a hand. I, I love the quote. Thank you for standing. Thank you for your service. Thank you. You may have served in a time of peace, but it ensured our peace. And so thank you for that. Um, the quote that 
President Ronald Reagan made in that statement. There is no arsenal or no weapon in the arsenals of the world so formidable as the will and moral courage of free men and women. That is what we're going to be talking about for the next few weeks. The month of July is the month of freedom. We're going to talk about freedom. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you there's something about living in freedom. If you've never, ever, or never been to a place where freedom is not truly exercised, you may not totally relate or understand. But I have lived in countries before where they do not have freedom. We served as missionaries in a country that did not allow religious freedom. We had an underground church. People were persecuted. This has been in my life. I'm only for, only a young 45 years old, and I got to see that. So I knew people that were, that were killed as martyrs for the message of the gospel. It's real. It happens. China has one of the largest uh, Christian churches in the world and is the most heavily persecuted in the world. We don't realize this, but it's alive and well in our day, right? So we cannot take we cannot take our freedom for granted on any level. I've told this story before, but bear with me. I'm going to tell it one more time in case you did not hear it the first time. I'm a little proud of this story. So, um, yeah, here it is. Late summer of 44, midwinter of 45, the Allied troops had initiated... Uh, the Siegfried Line Campaign, and this is when they were getting close to, you can pop the picture up, Christian, they were getting close to, um, close to the Rhine, about to move into Germany. Okay, the war was starting to shift. It had been a bloody long war. There was a young man there, private first class, part of the U.S. Army Infantry. He was a scout for the Army. He had been dispatched to go near the Rhine to scope out the territory because they were going to try to put bridges across the Rhine and cross to get into Germany. He, on this mission... He was picked off by a sniper, shot through his chest, took out one lung. He could not get back on the other side because he was behind enemy lines, so he had to lay there with his thumb pressed in the hole in his chest to, to somehow slow the bleeding so he would not bleed to death. He lay there through the night until the rest of his division, his troops, found him, got him home so that he could be mended, put back together, returned home wearing a purple heart, died at the young age of 59 years old. This was my grandfather. Because he died at 59 because the only good lung that he had, he had emphysema. He paid a price so that I could be free. My dad has his flag. My dad has his purple heart. And one day I'll have it. And it means a lot. Because the price of freedom has a price. You don't have to agree with, with the way our world functions. Obviously no one wants war. But since the beginning of time, man has wrestled to try to gain some level of freedom. And I believe it's because God created in our fiber the need to be free. Obviously, when Satan took over and things went down the drain rapidly, man's uh, motivation and man's uh, way of achieving things in his life were damaged and broken. And so we have all kinds of chaos in the world today, right, because of sin. When, when, when the scripture said, when God told Adam and Eve, listen, don't eat from this tree because if you do, you will surely die. He meant it. And you know the story perhaps, maybe you don't, but it's simple. They ate the fruit. Did they kill over dead? No, they did not. But at that moment, death entered into the world that had never been there before. And we fight against that death every single day of our life. 
What am I talking about? I'm talking about your personal struggles. I'm talking about your vices. I'm talking about your addictions. I'm talking about the things that you cannot shake. That is a spiritual death that because of the choice of someone, we are still shouldered with that burden. But I'm here to tell you today, just like my grandfather who shed his blood on a soil somewhere in a foreign country, we have been bought with a price that is beyond the price that you and I could pay by a Savior who chose to come and take on the form of man and die so that you and I could experience true freedom. The most powerful message of freedom in the world, on the planet, is the message of Jesus Christ, who came of his own free will, laid down his life so that you and I could be saved. Let me tell you something. The Bible says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That is the message. That is the message. That is the hope of all mankind. It will always be. It has always been, and it will forever be the message of hope. Until we are redeemed from this fallen race, the gospel of Jesus Christ is still the power to save. It is still the power to break off chains that keep us locked down. It is still the power that brings peace. It is still the power. Come on, y'all. I'm preaching. It is still the power that brings hope. It is still the power that brings freedom. It is always the thing that sets people free. In fact, the Bible says this in John chapter 8, verse 36. So, if the Son sets you free, look at your neighbor and say this, you are free indeed. If the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. 1 Corinthians 2, 12. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given to us. Yeah. Freedom has a price tag. And it's an expensive one. And I just, you know, any time that I... I think about freedom, and I, I, I'm blessed with a job that allows me to work close to the warfighter. And I was, I think I've told this story before. I'll tell it quickly. I was actually doing a training session at one of our, one of our bases, and um, I was training both civilians. Actually, pr- predominantly soldiers were in the training class, but one of the guys re- re-upped his enlistment, and so they had a little ceremony in the equipment floor. Actually, it was the control floor of this facility I was in, there was just a few 15 guys in there, but they brought out the flag. And I'm telling you, I'm standing over there. I'm so not a military person. I, I mean, I get to work with Santiago, and he's always laughing at me because I'm always asking him, what does that rank mean? Who is that guy? What does this mean? I don't know anything, right? But I'm standing in that room, and I see the flag, two guys holding it up behind a guy who's reenlisting. His commanding officer is right there, and i am just got goosebumps, man. I'm ready to cry. <laughs> I'm just feeling sappy, right? And, and these guys are just taking it in stride. This is just their job. And I'm thinking, you know what? These guys, they're just doing their job, but their job is keeping my kids safe at home. Their job is keeping, keeping giving me the ability, if I want to gripe about my president, I can do it right here in a public forum. And those guys are protecting me and allowing me to do that. Freedom is amazing. It's amazing. And freedom from sin is even more amazing. (laughs) You do not have to pay the price that you really should be paying because somebody, our king, our savior, paid for us. I'm just going to get stuck right here. We might go old school. I might go an hour and a half, y'all. I'm excited about this. (laughs) 
I love when we get, sometimes, you know, we just get very complicated in our stuff with God. You know, especially as a pastor, you're, you're always trying to th- preach something that has some good content. And it need, sometimes you just want to talk about Jesus, right? I just want to talk about the fact that he still forgives. He still heals. He still saves. That's really it, right? Everything else is built on that. The fact that he loves me enough to save me. Amen. But there's, there's a danger, you know, especially if you've, I've, I grew up in church. I'm a couple generations deep in this thing. And there's a danger. You know, I forget. I don't know. I don't always relate to what it, what it might feel like to be bound up in a change of addiction that I cannot shake. I don't know what it's really like to grow up in a world with no freedom. I don't know what it's like to be a slave. There was one time when we were living in Africa that um, we, there was some chaos going on with the work we were doing. And the government was in kind of in turmoil. And one particular... Uh, we lived in a we lived in a compound. That's kind of how they did it over there. A couple of houses in a compound, and and some some plainclothes security people came to our house. They confiscated our passports, and they wouldn't let us leave our our, our house for like two days. It was they searched our entire home, like they dug under our beds. They dug through my under underwear drawer, right? I mean, it, it, you I cannot express to you how just violated you feel some dude is in my house and I can't do anything about it I can't say get out of my house I got to stand there and as Pastor Scott so eloquently says suck it up buttercup I just have to stand there and it was the most I was afraid I was just a young kid I was afraid uh, I was angry, all these emotions I, but I've never had to live in that that was just an experience it's a story I'm telling you but what if that's where you grew up? What if that's the life? I can't express. We don't understand fully what it's like to not have freedom because we're generations into this thing and we've all lived pretty much a free life. And it scares me because it seems that we are so far from like the World War II generation, men that can tell us stories of what it was like to pay for this thing, right? We're getting farther and farther removed from really fighting for freedom. Our, our government, our world has shifted. It's different now. And so I get really sometimes a little nervous because I feel like the further we get from the generation who really paid something for our freedom, that I feel like we'd start to lose the value of what freedom really is. We kind of just, we don't really mean to, but we just kind of take it for granted. And then we don't really realize, but there are people in in power that are not out for the best interest of our country. And so they are using our freedoms against us. They're using these things and they're using the cloak of freedom to implement rules and securities and restrictions that will one day change the face of our freedom. Every time a new law or measure is enacted that does something to security, a small measure of our freedom is bought and and, and removed. Yes, we need it, but we live in a world full of evil that is masterminding things to manipulate and control. And true freedom does not give the control to powers that be like they want it, does it? Right? So we live in a society, and, and I, I fear sometimes that because of that distance, the generation, my children, my children's children, do they really understand how amazing their freedom is? And I tell you this, that price for freedom is expensive. And let me just say this in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. I love this scripture. It is for freedom 
that Christ has set us free. Like, that is a redundant statement? No. What that scripture is saying right there is the reason why Christ died to set you free was not so that he could own you, but so that you could experience freedom. The price that he paid was that you could actually be free. It is for freedom that Christ made you free. For the simple fact that that's how you were created and that's how he wants you to live. And that's why he paid that price for you. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. What is he saying there? He's saying what I was just telling you. We get far removed from the cost of freedom and we forget about it. We get far removed from the miraculous thing that God does when he sets us free from sin. And we find ourselves going dangerously close to things that will burden us again. True freedom is not about another law to secure our freedom. True freedom is about the ability to self-govern. What do I mean? I mean if you know it's wrong to do it, then you don't do it. You don't need somebody to tell you it's a law. Are you with me? Right? You don't need somebody to put a law in place and call it hate crime. Just love your brother as yourself. That's self-governance. That's the law that Christ came to give us. Dude, this is that's amazing. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is explaining the fulfillment of the law, right? He said, I did not come to just encourage the law or continue the law, but I came to fulfill the law. I came to change something. I I came to give you a different perspective. The law says if you commit adultery, there's going to be a penalty you have to pay. But what I'm here to tell you is if you look at a woman with lust in your heart, you've already committed the deed anyway. What about that punishment? He came to implement self-governance. When we build our relationship with Christ, we don't have to have a law telling us when we're doing something wrong, do we? We have a conscience. We have a God that speaks to us and says, you need to stay away from that because that activity is destructive. It's easier to follow a set of rules. You don't have to think about it. In fact, when Jesus came, the rules had become so heavy that your average person could barely make it. They didn't know when they were sinning because there were so many rules that they were breaking on a daily basis. They had to go to a priest and had to say, well, I've been so bad, I don't even know what all I've broken. And then you tell me what I need to do, and then I went on about my business. So when Jesus entered the scene and he saw what, it, what was supposed to be freedom became manipulated and controlled by man and became bondage again. When God gave Moses the law, it was to establish a freedom for these people. But they turned that freedom into bondage again. And so when Jesus came, he said, listen, you're so far removed from that life of slavery that you've turned yourself back into slaves again under a law that you cannot hope to live against. And I'm here to tell you today, we do the same exact thing. We get focused on religion and we get focused on the, the nuances of religion and what's right and what's wrong and my opinion and your opinion and all of these things. And what God is trying to say is, I just wish somebody would pay attention to me. I wish somebody would let me explain to them what I feel about them. I wish somebody would open their heart up and let me love them and let me walk with them and let me show them what freedom is really about. We'll never be good enough for God, but he gave us an opportunity to approach him in our brokenness. One of my favorite scriptures is we 
can approach the throne of grace boldly to obtain help in our time of need. That speaks volumes of freedom. In what country can you walk to the leader of that world, that country, boldly and with freedom? It doesn't exist. But there is a heavenly kingdom that you and I can be a part of that does exist. And it does allow that. It's amazing. True freedom comes from our close, direct, intimate, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I, I, we do it every week. We talk about freedom. We talk about Jesus. And we always make an opportunity for someone to come and pray. We want to pray with you. Why? Because we want you to experience true freedom in your life. True freedom. Galatians chapter 5 verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom. Listen, self-governance. Do not use your freedom to indulge your flesh. But rather... Serve one another humbly and love. <laughs> Isn't that something? Isn't that amazing? We're free. It's been paid for. We have the opportunity to serve each other and walk with people, build relationships with others, grow with others so that they too can experience the freedom that we get to experience. <laughs>